Really Charlie podcast. A weekly show with the one person to make you say, Really Charlie? On the Really Charlie podcast. Tune in. It's the Really Charlie podcast. Yeah, it's the Really Charlie podcast. Yo, yo, it's the Really Charlie podcast. Bumping through your broadcast. Grab a chance, fill the glass. Yeah. It's the Really Charlie Podcast. Yo, it's the Really Charlie Podcast. Yeah, yeah, it's the Really Charlie Podcast. Walking through your broadcast. Grab a chance through your glass. Hey, 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 welcome everybody to the Really Charlie Podcast. I'm Charlie Perry, and my guest today is Jeff Shaw. Definitely can't wait to get this going. I'm going to turn down the lights here a little bit. Um, this is just, this is, well, I got this referral from a guest that I had on previously, and he referred me to Jeff. And little did I know that this man is amazing. He's definitely kind of had the same footsteps as I have, maybe a little bit more dramatic a little less, but definitely went through something just like I did. And um, I am so fascinated to hear what he has to say. And he's probably going to be saying some things that I actually um, agree with him 100%. So I I, um, can't wait to talk to him, but I'm going to read something real quick. And uh, this is called My Style. And um, let's see. My style, write what you know, Um, write what you know, many of my friends tell me, write a crime novel. But that didn't interest me, well, interest at the time. For years, I wrote police reports from vandalism to homicides, just facts, ma'am. You can get stuck in a rut writing like that, and I think it was what stopped me from wanting to write a crime novel. The years of writing in a simple narrative format, devoid of emotion and drama was difficult to overcome. I did try and add a little creativity to some of my reports and ended up in the captain's office when the Miami Herald printed one of them. Brevity is the soul of wit, the captain said. Creative writing would have to wait until I retired. And I did retire. Not long after I left law enforcement, my father wrote a 17-page letter, a short autobiography of his life growing up during the Great Depression, Depression, his years in school, and his service during World War II. What I read was breathtaking. I knew I wanted to write something similar for my kids who were young then, the idea became who I am, the man behind the badge. I quickly learned that I had no idea in how to write anything someone would want to read. So I learned. I went to seminars, writers' conferences, book signings, joined authors' groups, spoke with editors, and researched all I could online. Slowly. I felt the confidence to show some of what I wrote to people who became my mentors. And with their help, I published the memoir in April 2020 as the pandemic took hold of the country. Unbelievable, amazing story. I could I could put Charlie Perry on the bottom of that and everybody would know. It, it, well, would believe that it was me. Um, Jeff Shaw, my pleasure, my honor to be sitting here in this podcast and getting to interview a man I want to salute first because you had a long, great career, and I hope you're proud of it, um, just like I'm proud of my career. And God bless Thank you. you. Thank you. All right. So we see where your inspiration came, and you wrote a book. Um, who I am, the man behind the badge. You also have another book. 
but we're going to get back in. We're going to get into that. Um, I am so amazed um, how a man like you and a man like I, women also, how they go through the career, their career. And for some reason, we don't pick up journals or something like that. We don't write books. You know, we may keep things, throw it aside. And that's my personal experience. But could you imagine the stories that we and, and I mean, they're being written now as we speak, but um, could you just think of Jeff, all the story you left behind? It's true. Uh, it's, I, I know there's a lot of them that I didn't even put in the book. Um, memories that maybe I locked away too, too deeply. But uh, the ones that I do remember are pretty significant. And I think they really shaped me uh, into who I am today, which is like the book, the title of the book, who I am, you know, mm-hmm. it, those experiences definitely changed me from who I was before I uh, wore the uniform. True. Um, I kind of wish I had the podcast during my career, but you know, that's not something we could do, right. you know, because we would always be subject to some rules and regulations and, um, right it would just just stop us from doing what we want to do <clears throat> and you mentioned about the pandemic and and how it was you was able to create your stories in your books and that's pretty much what happened with me with this podcast you know the right. pandemic sat i was already trying to do something and but more in in a production room and uh in a studio you know but you know the pandemic just stopped everything Yes. And then podcasting came into my life. And, and that's the one thing that uh, I could say is the good about the pandemic is that I was able to do this. I was able to create this and do this. So how was your day and, uh, and how's the weather? It's really pretty chilly out this morning. You know, it got down into the twenties and uh, you know, I'm, having coffee as the sun coming up, came up and I went outside and walked around on the porch a little bit. It was pretty, pretty chilly, but it turned out beautiful, you know, uh, blue skies, very relaxing. Um, I'm working on the sequel to Lieutenant Truffaut, which was that second book you mentioned. Mm -hmm. Um, It's my first crime novel. And, you know, from that first uh, paragraph I wrote on who I am many years ago, I've learned quite a bit, and um, you can see the progression in Lieutenant Trufant. Lieutenant Trufant's the uh, story of a serial killer in San Francisco. And the one I'm just finishing up now, um, I'm doing the final edits, is called Leanne and the Clean Man. Hmm. And I think it, like Lieutenant Trufant, shows um, me morphing into a little bit of a better author and I'm still got a long ways to go, but, uh, I really enjoy writing. Uh, it's, um, kind of, I want to say it's more than a hobby, but I really feel like I'm escaping into each of those characters when I'm writing mm-hmm. at my desk, drinking coffee, saving one person's life, taking another person's life. You know, you step into that character and you're somebody else for those few moments. So um, I think I got past all those uh, anxieties of writing crime and now mm-hmm. I really look forward to it. Good, good. It's um, what I like to do is um, it's, it's, it's unlikely now because some of uh, my colleagues have passed away, but um, there was a time where we had, uh, you know, come into the office early in the morning you kind of start your day off with a cup of coffee that was brewing, be, you know, whether one of the bosses started it or, or someone that came in early, you know, get the coffee brewing. And and then we would just sit down and, and talk. Right. And it, and it could be any kind of conversation. But those conversations were, were funny, interesting. Uh, I, I um, treasure those memories. Yeah. Yeah, you same know, thing. I, you know, sitting around the office, coffee, 
usually my lieutenant would make it, would have the TV on, um, TV on, CNN would be on, and uh, what's the, uh, the girls, the woman's name, Robin Mead, would all be discussing her wardrobe of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and just a little light banter before you got into the thick of uh, what our job was. And this, I'm talking about in the homicide office. Yes. We'd get those pleasantries out of the way, and then we'd start discussing our cases. But I treasure those memories. Um, you know, um, the camaraderie, mm-hmm. the light bantering, like you said, I miss them. Yeah, the uh, the one thing that uh, you know, back then it, it I think it 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 gave some pe- it gave us uh, a sense of who who we were working with, especially right. if it was someone that was new to the unit. Even when I was new to the unit, it just right. made it just you got to know some people and you got to say, all right, I could sit in the car with that man, that woman. And, and, you know, we can discuss and talk, you know, freely and, and give some professional advice without it um, getting blown up into something else. But the, the, um, in, in, in South Florida, the homicides are like the days of the week, you know, and you can you can name them because it's it's pretty crazy down there, you know. And um, yeah, it was every day is uh, if you wanted to name a victim, and you don't want to do that, but I'm just saying that a victim could be Sunday through Saturday, you know, because that's when you always knew something was going to happen. And uh, if your phone was ringing, it wasn't just for someone to say hello; it was it was to tell you some bad news. True. So, the uh, our buddy George, great guy, doing yeah, he he's just he's unbelievable. Um, His book has definitely kept me. I was from cover to cover. I was just in the book, Um, and then I, I stepped it up even more. I was, I put it on the Audible and and had listened to it. You know, even that was even better because it was actually like, well, it was someone reading me a story. And uh, I get so glued into when I hear someone, especially when they have my interest, um, to, it, to tell me a story. Right. And uh, is, are your books on audio at all? No, but in this la- these last few weeks, I've actually been really looking into it. It's uh it's it's an expensive venture to turn one of your a book into an audible. Yes, uh, yes. So I'm still researching all the ins and outs of it. I'm working with another author. Author I just uh, spent the weekend with at the Apple Festival. She was kind of guiding me through the process of finding a narrator, finding a distributor, the the costs that are involved, and then I'm I'm trying to pair those costs with the possible returns and. That's where I'm, I'm, I'm stuck right now, but I definitely want to do audio. Um, I hope to uh, finish up these last few edits uh, on Leanne and the Clean Man, and then I'm going to uh, really look into finding a narrator and, and getting it on audio. Awesome. The, uh, it's great. I um, mean, I did one book that, uh, and well, I, I actually tried it on my own, you know, just kind of listening to it. And um, I was okay with it, but it it, it wasn't something I said, I got to let someone else do this. So right. that's why, um, you know, I, I but I want to, I want to do it only because I think the return, you know, the, the revenue later on kind of, it becomes well worth it. You know, I, and, uh, I think you're right. And that's where I'm going to, you know, I'm trying to put my toe into the water slowly and mm-hmm. uh, make that commitment, but I'm, I'm definitely going to do it. But you mentioned George Weinstein. Yes. And uh, I have to say uh, he and Marianne Stefanali were two of my uh, mentors, the two mm-hmm. mentors. I don't know if you know Marianne. I, uh, I haven't met her yet. 
I met Marianne at another author's book launch. Um, we talked a little bit. I liked her. Uh, and my author friend, Susan, said, um, you know, she puts on a writing seminar, like a little writer's retreat conference, and you should go to it. Yeah. And this is right when I was really deciding that I, I want to write. So I went to this conference. It, it was at Amicola Falls, um, beautiful place to kind of relax and everything. And both Marianne and George read some of my work and, you know, they kind of sat me down and said, and, and this work I'm talking about is, uh, was a flash fiction story of like a supernatural story of a young boy growing up in Poland in 1939. Okay. You can imagine, you can imagine where that story went. Mm -hmm. They also read some of my early chapters of who I am, you know, my police uh, stories. They said, Jeff, this has some real potential here. And I think those critiques, uh, those positive comments are what hooked me. I never really thought that I would make it as an author, but I wanted to give it a real shot. And I think it was Marianne Stefanelli, George Weinstein, and Jedwin Smith that um, pushed me over the edge that weekend. And... Um, I don't think I'd be here talking with you right now if it wasn't for those three. That's good. That's some great advice. And I'm glad that, you know, you received it, you took it and jumped all over it because, um, your stories are amazing. Um, and I re reading the reviews on it. In fact, I want to go back to some of them. They were, um, I think I saved it here. Um, the reviews are just unbelievable. Um, like this one. Who I am. My f Let's see. It says, my favorite was the horse. You saved him just like you saved the little baby in the lake. You are so brave. Thank you for being, excuse me, I'm, uh, my eyes are playing tricks on me, for being such a great police officer. I am sorry that you you get sad sometimes and thinking about all the bad things you had, um, to see why do people have to be so mean anyway? Maybe if you, uh, let's just say, maybe if you go and get a donut now, it will make it feel better. <laughs> there's, there's always donut jokes, man. They always, yeah. Hey, donut. you know what? I never ate donuts. Yeah. The craziest thing about a donut, right? You go, and you may be in a cruiser and you're going to get one and you're not the only one there. There's right. all kinds of people there, but we get the label of the donuts, you know, right, right. some, some professions can't even, I mean, that's, that's the first thing they got to do is getting yeah. that drive through, drive through and uh, grab a donut and a coffee. But, um, the, um, I have so many uh, dear friends that I met throughout my life. Um, and you definitely have some friends on in your career that are not considered friends, but more like family because you spend right. more, more, more time with people that you work with than you actually do with your family, especially right. when you're in a special unit. Um, the, uh, I think that's going to happen also similar to that is, is your writing groups, right? Those, those people are going to be so attached to you. Um, and you share so many things and give so many, uh, um, whether it's critique, some advice, um, some admiration, inspiration, um, and they become latched on like, when I see George and his wife, Kim's name and, and Catherine, when I see their names on social media, I'm like glued into it. I'm like snapping right to it. I want to know what's going on in their life, what right. they're doing. And uh, it, it, it's, it's been so great for me as being an author. It's one title that I love having. And um, I want you to know you should be very, very proud well, thank of you. what you're doing. All right, let's see. Vicki Kellogg says, hello, Jeff. 
Um, Hello, Vicky. Yeah, this is uh, that's great. Vicky uh, was uh, was one of uh, our dispatchers for throughout my entire career and sent me on some of those calls that you'll read about and who I am and mm -hmm. I know the same. It took a toll on her the same as it took a toll on me. You know, dealing with that call. You know, the, the dispatchers and the call takers are kind of like the unsung heroes in they police sure work. You know, they're back enclosed in that little building and nobody sees them. But um, if it weren't for some of the uh, professionalism of those dispatchers, you know, would have, uh, we might not be here today. You know, yes. you never know how their competence affects you. So true. Um, the, uh, and they're in close, like you said, they're closed in. They're closed in, and believe it or not, they don't all get along. Right. But they, but they do a fantastic do. job. Unbelievable job. And um, I am just so, a lot of dispatches that I had in my career, still my friends, still communicate with them. Um, and uh, they're definitely, well, I can't. Well, they, they receive the income that they do only because they get forced to work, you know, working 16 hours and our short. Dis our dispatchers had to work sometimes double, and if they would allow them, they would be forced to work triple shifts, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. because yep. of the shortage. Yeah, yep. It's got to be tough. It, uh, yeah, we, we, we definitely had to... Um, if it became anything after double, they had to go home. Right. And uh, we definitely didn't want anybody to be kind of falling asleep behind the wheel. The uh, And that's an amazing story, too, you know, dispatches. Right. It, it, I, wish, I wish a lot of dispatches would write their stories. Um, right. It's, uh, it's a great, great thing. Um, can't think of that movie right now that... Uh, I think it was Halle Berry was in, and she was a dispatcher. Did an amazing right. job. There was another recent one um, about uh, communications too. I can't remember the name of it. It was an officer who was being disciplined, and he was taken off the road and put behind the desk answering phones. It was very, uh, very, a very emotional movie, and it was pretty close to reality. Hmm. They threw in a little extra drama that might not actually be on some uh, call takers' uh, phones, but uh, it was really good. I couldn't take my eyes away from that movie watching that. I'm going to have to look that I up. I remember the name of it right now. All right. I'm going to have to find it um, only because those are some of the things that I like watching. Right. Especially when I can't, can't get to sleep, you know, I like to just put a movie on and just watch it. Right. My wife wife gets mad at me because I watched the movie before she did, you know, or we didn't do it together. So <laughs> the, um, all right, let me, I just want to put this up. Um, oops, things jumping in front of me. The, uh, Who I am, the man behind the badge. That's, this is just a Jeff Shaw. For all of you out there. Um, this is the Really Charlie Podcast. You can catch me on Anchor, Spotify, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Fireside. Fireside, um, really, uh, I'm not doing a Really Charlie Podcast on that yet. But I am doing a, a show that's a podcast called Did You Know Stuff? And I bring up facts about facts about different things that happen in the world. And um, and I do that on Fireside. But, Jeff, this is definitely something that um, you and I, is. It, it wouldn't be fair to you to just have one podcast on you. You would definitely, um, you're a book. And I think we should definitely come back and, and revisit all these things. And, um, but I, I, I'm not closing the podcast. I just want to mention that before I forget sure. you know? the, um, one of the things, um, 
that I found that once you write your first book, you begin to inspire other people. Are you, have you have you come across that? Are you? Yes. Um, I get. I think a lot of my friends and family thought that who I am was going to be like a one-off type of thing, you know, one and done. Um, those who really know me well know that I've been writing like crazy. I had three different novels or three different books going on at the same time. Nice. It took me 15 years from the day I put pen to paper on who I am to actually getting it published. But during that time, I was also working on a science fiction novel. You know, most of my life, especially my early life, I was a science fiction nerd, I guess, you know, mm-hmm. Trekkie, Star Wars. I remember as a little kid watching Buck Rogers on a little black and white TV before church. Wow. Um, so I was really hooked into science fiction. And I always thought if I ever wrote anything, it would be science fiction. So I did try and start writing that in the same time I was working on who I am. And when who I am got too emotional and there were points there where I just couldn't couldn't continue on with that particular case I was writing on. I'd take a break, put it to the side and get out my science fiction novel. Actually, what before you you go to something else, what caused you to go back to that story? The story that you couldn't write, what caused you? um, I think I just needed to take a breath, you know more than just a breath. I had to like calm down. I know a couple of times Susan would come into the room while I was typing and I'd just be leaning over the keyboard weeping, you know, about something, mm-hmm. uh, um, you know, some of those stories, you know, if I, I, when I start writing them, I feel like I'm right there back in the room with uh, whatever victim I was writing about. Yes. Uh, two in particular were teenage suicides and, one of them when i got there the girl was still alive and that's when i was trying to type and i just can almost feel the mother right behind me you know inches away from me crying and mm-hmm. uh, so trying to put all that down into such fine detail with all the emotions all the senses working at once the, the smells the sounds um you know it, it would just get to me and i'd have to put it away I'd, I'd be laying awake at night, you know, writing a chapter like that and just thinking, am I missing anything? Was there something else I should uh, have put in there? Did I put too much? Not enough. You know, so it got to, to the point where I'd start obsessing about a particular chapter in that in book. And I realized that, OK, I need to put it away for a minute, you know, put it away for several days, actually work mm-hmm. on the other thing, uh, get my mind off it and then start fresh. And I yes. think that really helped me get back into it and, and be um, to do the call justice. Very nice. That's uh, you without without me asking, you already led to it. And uh, because I know you writing stories like that, you were definitely going to get up in the middle of the night. And sure. what would you do? And uh, what did you do? And you just explained it. Um, the. Uh, there's, you know, there's always those hidden stories, you know, those right. hidden stories that we want to talk and we want to write about. Um, are you, um, are you putting that to pen or paper or, or a computer, those stories, um, as it's in your head? Um, it's a little of both. If I'm not near the computer and something is playing in my head, I'll sometimes write it down on pen and paper. If I'm outside on the porch drinking a cup of coffee, a lot of times I'll have that pad with me and I'll remember something and write it down. Um, sometimes it's uh, the, the same sentence, but I've thought of a better way to, to word that sentence to get the same thought out there. Um, that's the process of learning how to write. Uh, anybody can write, but you got to be able to write and have people want to read it. Exactly. That's that's what, you know, us as new authors are are trying to uh, perfect. Yeah, I I just uh, about a week ago, I started a new project. And um, so I'm stuck in the introduction because it's not poetry. It's something else. You know, it's 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 a nonfiction. And um, I'm just trying to 
make sure that I uh, kind of capture the, the reader, you know, and um, I still haven't I changed it about six, seven times already. It's only been a week. Yep. yep. And uh, it really never stops. You know, you're almost always afraid to push that. If there was a publish button on your on your keyboard, it's so you're so afraid to commit to that because you think maybe I should read this chapter one more time. I might be able to tweak it a little bit, but eventually you got to say that's it. You know, I'm not mm-hmm. making it better. I'm just changing words around. Has your has your wife added to your books? Has she actually verbally or, or um, added to it? Wanted to like her statement or how she was feeling about what you were going through? Has that come out um, in any of your books? She she is always like my sounding board. Um, a lot of the stories and who I am, she had she had never heard the details even though she might have dispatched me on some of them. Yeah. Um, she did. I never came home and told her all the details. I just feel like most people don't want to hear those or I don't want them to know those. Yeah. You know, I don't want, I don't want to burden them with my anxieties and uh, the things that I've, I've, I've seen, but she did read who I am. She actually is one of my best beta readers as far as, finding little spots that have a snag in them or she'll miss a couple of simple typos that I'll read right through. I do send all my work out to uh, an editor, a freelance editor who really polishes them up. But, you know, a lot of their suggestions mean I have to rewrite parts of it and that's where I'll make new mistakes. Mm-hmm. And that's when I rely on Susan to, um, to go through it and find them. Because it's hard, you know, our brains see what they want to see and they'll see that perfect sentence when there's a flaw in it. You'll just read past the flaw and Susan can find that. Yeah, that's what I do. I, I kind of, my thoughts are in my head and I'm, I'm they're going a mile a minute. And, uh, exactly. Right. And, uh, but I'm still typing and I'm missing so many. I said, how did I miss that? Oh, that's terrible, you know, and but I'm always ahead on, you know, my, my thoughts, everything. I, I, and that's where my typos come in. So I, I absolutely, absolutely have to have an editor. Um, when I was basically trying to do everything on my own trial and error, write the manuscript, kind of submit it, do everything that a self publisher does. And I was like, all right, it's good. You know? And then, maybe maybe a month down the line i read one of my books and i was like oh my god how how did i miss this so even true. one yeah so even true. one of my back covers i had the word new bedford twice instead of putting new bedford massachusetts right um and uh i i was so devastated because i already had the had the book number assigned to it and the um ISBN number was already assigned to it. I didn't want to ask for another one. I was just devastated. But, um, you know, I, lo- I love the, the main library. They take the book anyways, you know, and they submit right. it. And it, it's just, it's great. The um, I shared this podcast on your profile on Facebook. Um, if you can make it public. I will. Uh, um, and then people will be able to comment on it and see it and, uh, the uh, out of um out of out of all that you have done, what was the what was the one message that you gave yourself? You know, out of all this that you could take from it, maybe one or two things that you said, "Hey, Jeff, all right, the next one I want to do this." I mean, what was the one thing that really sticks out? Um. Well, as far as like uh, writing anything nonfiction or redoing anything nonfiction, I don't know that I'm going to, I don't have any tales to tell right now, but I think the rest of my work is going to be short stories and novels. Hmm. And I think, you know, I've, I've kind of branded myself. Like I thought, you know, maybe I'll write cozy crime because I have people that come up to me and say, oh, is there much blood in this story? Mm-hmm. 
and I'm, I'm not going to lie to him. My wife tells me, stop, stop trying to cut yourself short, you know, uh, yep. buy it. If they don't like it, they don't like it. But I just want to be honest yet. Yeah, yes, there is going to be some, there might be a few curse words in here and there might be a little blood, you know, I try and write my scenes, um, the way I saw them. A lot of the scenes in Lieutenant Trufant are actually taken from my personal experiences and put on the, on the street. Some of them were so bad that I had to calm them down because I, I thought people wouldn't want to know that much, you know, um, or wouldn't believe that, you know, a thought that might be unrealistic. Yeah. So I just, I've decided, you know, the one thing I want to concentrate on is being true to my style. And uh, I don't want to offend people when I'm reading, but I don't want to um, soften it up so much so that I'm gathering a big wide group of, of readers. Yeah. You know, I, I want to stay right there in my lane. Yep. And I, I agree. Um, there was a, I was told by a um, dear friend of mine, uh, um, Dr. Jabril Kassan, and he wanted me to go to a local university. And uh, I wanted to, and I definitely wanted to get guided by uh, one of the local uh, mentors, a professor in, at the university. And um, my biggest fear was, was they were going to change me how I wrote. Right. And I didn't want that. I really wanted to stay how I was. And, uh, but that was, I was a little naive. You know, I could have stayed the way that, that I, I am in my thought process, but I would have also learned a whole lot of other things, you know. Right. But my path is my path, and I'm glad I didn't go because I would have never been a police officer. And that is one of the greatest things that I've ever um, experienced in my life and one of the things that I'm so, so proud of. But uh, you know what? I never want to put on a badge um, or uniform again. I really don't. I feel the same way. Um, during uh, some of the, uh, as an example, the Sandy Hook shooting, you know, that was horrible. Mm -hmm. I try and imagine, um, you just can't even imagine what that was like. You know, I take all my victims, most of them were adults, shot with all different types of caliber weapons. And, and I know what that uh, that bullet the kid used does. And I just cannot imagine, you know, being in that kind of environment, the, the, the pain and or the Pulse nightclub, the same thing, you know, can imagine walking into that scene and beepers go or i mean cell phones going off people trying to check where their loved one is and uh yes people, you know and you walk in there a lot of them are still alive moaning and groaning it's like oh my gosh how can you process that um uh, i wouldn't be able to sleep for weeks after handling something like that so i never want to put the badge on again but after that school shooting i almost i wanted to volunteer to be at you know, like our local high schools or, or, or the elementary schools in uniform or not, uh, you know, armed or not, it didn't matter. I just felt like I wanted to do something. You know, I, I still have, I think that keen eye of picking out mm -hmm. profiling people that fit the, uh, uh, the profile of, uh, somebody like that. You know, you can see people that don't belong. Yes. They, yes. To you and me, they stick out like sore thumbs. To sure, everyone yeah. else, they don't, but we can still see it. And I just wanted to, you know, offer my my experience. But it just turned out that, you know, and of course back then I was a little younger than I am now. I don't think uh, I don't think I'd be capable of really helping much right now. But, yeah, I, I get you. I get it, and um, I feel the same way. Um, sometimes uh, my eyes are going a mile a minute. You know, they're all over the place. Right. And, and my one of my uncles, he's saying, relax. And I'm like, I am. He said, no, I could, I see you. You're just watching everything. Just, just relax, you know. Right. And, um, but I, I can't help it. I just can't help it. And, uh, 
Uh, you know the feeling. Right. Um, Paulette says, uh, if you if you consider the world we live in today and what we see regularly, by comparison, you think folks could handle it. Um, and uh, I don't think when it comes to life, I don't think um, I don't think people just don't handle things. You know, they may absorb it, you know, and if they absorb it, it's going to come back. So I don't think we can ever, you know, some people may brush it off, but I don't, I don't think, I don't, truthfully, they're not brushing it off because it's going to come back later. Right. Definitely is. You think that you're okay with what you're experiencing. You know, you're taking it in. You don't realize really what you're absorbing until sometimes years later or when you retire or even like on the drive home from one of those calls, you know, uh, you know, we get one of those horrible calls, you know, back when I was a patrol sergeant or a patrol officer, you handle something terrible. And as soon as your report's done, you're on the air again, waiting for that next call. True. So you got to be mentally ready. And so you kind of compartmentalize what you just did. And hopefully you're, you're a blank slate for the next call. But when you're driving home, that's when those little things start popping in uh, and that keep you up all night. Yeah. Yep. There's times of driving home. I didn't even put the radio on. Right. Um, only because I had many things to think about. Um, Paulette says she's referring to Jeff toning down the writing. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I, I worked with Paulette um, at the, at the station. So she kind of knows, knows me and knows, uh, the kind of calls that we handled in Hialeah. You know, I think I was probably an average officer seeing an average amount of calls. Uh, and I would say, you know, the average police officer in Hialeah probably dealt with death one way or another traffic accident. You know, one of the most common forms of death is, you know, natural death, you know, when granny mm -hmm. passed away and you have to go write a quick, uh, report and uh that's probably you probably handle some type of death once a week mm -hmm. uh sometimes not just twice a week but sometimes twice in a single day so if you you combine put all those weeks together you know 24 years you see a lot of it and it does thicken your skin to what you can what you can take on <clears throat> that's good but, um it does affect you, you know, you're, we're human. It, it has to. Um, Paulette says you're a great supervisor. Um, oh, thank you, Paulette. Paulette, I want to give you a shout out along with Vicky and say thank you for doing the job you're doing. Thank you for doing an outstanding job and, uh, and stay safe, stay healthy. Um, and, uh, go as long as you can until you get your pension. The uh, um, one woman was, uh, I'll never forget this. I was, we, we have multifamily tenements in this city. And uh, so we were downstairs on the first floor, right on the porch area. And uh, she was worried about a friend that they haven't seen. And, uh, and I said, uh oh, something's wrong. And she said, what are you talking about? Um, and it was the smell of death. I smelled it all the way down. She was on the third floor. I smelled it all the way to the first floor. And uh, I says, uh, I just told her, I says, um, you might want to go in your house. And um, she said, well, I, I'll at least open the door for you. And I didn't want that to happen. And I asked her, I said, can I just take the key and open the door um, to your friend's house? And um, she wouldn't, she wouldn't let me. No, I'll do it. I'll do it. She was just curious and nosy maybe. And the uh, end result is that I opened the door and the, the chain was still on the door. And um, so I knew something was happening. Something was done, you know, definitely fatal. And um, right. And when that smell hit her, she, till this day, I seen her maybe six, seven years later, 
and she still remembers that smell and I, I try to avoid it, but I, I just couldn't, you know. There's nothing quite like it. Yeah. Yeah. Um Vicky has a comment here. She said, You see more in twenty years working there than most people see in their lifetime. So true. How about this? You see something going on in just about 30 days, say just 30 days, especially being in South Florida. Just think of 30 days, any 30 days of your career and what you had seen. And you just tell that 30 days to someone else. And they say, wow, you've been through a lot. And that's only 30 days. Right. You know, so uh, Vicky, hang in there. And like I said, just. Retired. She's out traveling around with her husband in an RV all over the country. Well, that's a story in itself, man, isn't it? That's yeah. a that's a great book right there. Um, you know, maybe uh, during your coffee time, Vicky, you can uh, grab a pen and paper and uh, and write. Actually, um, Jeff, I want to ask you something. Sure. How's your penmanship now compared to? 20 years ago my penmanship yeah is it worse or better well you know once i used to have a pretty good cursive writing you know mm -hmm. handwriting but you know when you get on the police department everything is in block letters yes back then the, you know they were the multi copies where you got to really press down hard and make those big block letters so over the years i lost my ability to write effectively in cursive so now when I sign books, you know, we just had a big Apple festival here and I sold um, 30 books in two days and I, you know, I autographed them all. And I usually like to put a little something in there, you know, True. meeting you and LJ, you know, mm -hmm. uh, I hope you enjoy reading this. And I look at my handwriting and everyone says it looks great, but I think it looks terrible. Um, you know, I write too fast. Mm -hmm. That's just part of me trying to handwrite reports. In the last half of my career, we had these little laptops. They call them laptops, but they're just a little word processor made by Radio Shack. And um, but when I was handwriting those reports, you'd write so fast because you would get behind in your reports, and then you'd be at the end of your shift, and you've got five reports. You've got all your notes to write the reports, but you have no time to physically write that report. Mm -hmm. or even later on with a laptop to type it, so you're typing fast. And so my handwriting has suffered. Plus, yes. you know, maybe age-wise, you know, I'm not as dexterous as I used to be, but it's still legible. <laughs> yeah, I, I know the feeling. I took so much pride in my penmanship that uh, it was... Uh, you know, I really try to do the best I could, um, but now I see that it's uh, it's going on the it's going off to the edge a little bit, and uh, but uh, I decided I'm gonna fix that by just handwriting a lot right. of things a little bit more. Um, only I, I because do. I, I do as well. Whenever I am writing something down, I do try and slow down and uh, make it nice. You know, I mean, I have a little pride in what it looks like when I'm done. Um, but like Paulette was asking there, if we use Plotter or Scrivener, I've heard of them, but I don't use any of those tools. I rely solely on Microsoft Word and their ability to uh, correct my spelling, my some of my grammar. Mm -hmm. um, I plot things out in my head, you know. Um, I'm one they they ask, you know, people ask me, am I a plotter or a pantster, you know, writing by the seat of my pants. Yeah, <laughs> I'm kind of in the middle. I usually know I have my opening scene and I have an idea what the ending is going to be and a couple of spots in the middle. But sometimes as I'm getting to that first postmark where I think something should be happening, I'll get an idea that I think that would make the book better. So what do I do? Do I stay with my original idea or make the book in my opinion better? So I'll put the new part in there and we'll see how that adjusts in, as my next post, you know, mile markers as I reach the end of the story. Hmm. Um, that's uh, really all I, I do is writing. Um, one of the things in Leanne and the Clean Man, I tried to make something on every page interesting. I don't want any full page to go by without something interesting happening. You know, awesome. not a, a major development, but but I want there to be something in there. 
good. That's uh, that's nice. It's the kind of book I want and I'm going to get. Paula says, what's that, plaster, plaster? Plaster. Yeah. I'm going to have to try those out. I, I've uh, heard of them, like you said, and uh, but I need to try them out, especially right. in this new project. This new one is, uh, I'm going to need it. I really am. So uh, I'm going to have to try it out. However, I'm. Um, Charlie, but I'm afraid to try new technical things. Like I was terrified um, when my computer was dying and I had to replace it. Am I going to be able to transfer? You know, I'm, I, I used um, Dropbox, which puts everything in the cloud. Mm -hmm. I, I know it'll be there, but am I? Is it going to somehow get messed up when I reload it onto the new desktop? And will I be able to get Microsoft Word working correctly? And so there's a lot of terrifying moments in there. I tried Grammarly once. Mm -hmm. Somebody recommended that, and um, I followed some of Grammarly's advice. I even bought the pro version. And my editor had a fit because everything was wrong. Uh, I was putting commas everywhere where there shouldn't be any commas and mm -hmm. exclamation marks and semicolons. And so I promised her I would never use Grammarly again. I experienced the same thing. So I second that. Paulette says, take advantage of the free trial periods and That's see how it works. Yeah, it, it's, um, I've done that. Um, I'm a little upset with Microsoft um, Word um, only because I think that uh, they continue and continue to add a fee to something that they really haven't updated other than probably the transcribe button, uh, but that you've got to do it online. And anyway, so I think it's a monopoly in it. It's uh, a shame that that's all. Uh, I, bought, I bought the, the viable version. Um, mm -hmm. is it word 2019 or office 360 19 whatever mm -hmm. it is you buy it like a as a student or a one-time one-time thing and uh it's i'm very comfortable with that version you know it'll read back to me i'll that's usually the way i'll do a lot of editing i'll let microsoft word my word read my story to me and i can pick out the little mistakes yeah yeah i'm trying uh anthony joiner AJ Joyner was a friend of George's and Kim's and uh, he was a guest on this podcast. I'm trying his software for my latest book and uh, I'm uh, hoping that it comes out well, which I know it will be because uh, it's, it makes things a whole lot easier for me, his software program. So oh, let me know. How to, yeah, I will. I will. Um, Jeff, I ask all my guests this one question and uh, who would you, like to see on the really Charlie podcast. I'll tell you, you know, somebody I, I have to recommend only cause I've seen him speak before. And I thought his book was fantastic. It was Robert Gwaltney. Okay. He wrote right. tree. Um, what was the last name? Gwaltney G W A L. Well, N E Y, I believe. Robert Gwalton, he's in the Atlanta area, but a uh, fantastic writer, The Cicada Tree, I think it's his first novel. Um, I think he'd probably love to be on your show. He's a good talker. I'd yeah. like to listen to him again. Yeah. I'll, uh, little tips. Yeah. Oops. Thank you, Paulette. I got it. Yeah. Um, yeah, there it is. Sir. Yeah. I'm going to definitely uh, reach out to him. Uh, and uh, try to connect with them and make them a guest in uh, coming up in the next few months. Uh, yeah. I'm a book going into November, but um, I definitely want to get more people and uh, more podcasts going. Uh, I told the wife I do it once a week, but uh, I can't. I can't. It just uh, I don't want to say no to anybody, and I don't want to put somebody way right. back in the back seat. You know where they. You know it doesn't. It's, I just don't want to do that. I don't want to have people waiting for a long time. Uh, well, I appreciate you taking me uh, on. I uh, enjoy talking about, you know, my career uh, and my writing. Well, this is, uh, I definitely want to do it again, Jeff. Sure. And um, for everyone that's viewing, uh, Jeff's website is right there under our pictures, our photos, uh, the screens right there. And, uh, 
jeffshawrights.com. Definitely check it out. Um, very, very uh, interesting um, set of books. You got to get, and he's got he's got one or two more coming. So I can't wait to order both of them that I've seen, and um, that's going to pretty much give me a lot to read over the next uh, few months of this long, long winter that the Northeast is going to probably experience. So I have plenty of reading material. Um, all right, Jeff, we, in, in my eyes, we are officially friends. So please, please keep in touch. It was I great. Wanna, Thank I you very much. All right. I want to support you in everything that you possibly do. So I will troll your pages as much as I, I do. I'm always, always, always on the, uh, on social media. All right. And thank you, Paul. That great podcast. Thank you. And I'm going to definitely throw and and support everything that you do, just like I do with all my guests. And um, there's my little sister. I didn't know she was on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, All right. Janet. Thank you, Janet, for joining us. I really, really appreciate it. Please, if you all good time, uh, like and subscribe to the Really Charlie um, YouTube channel. Just put in Really Charlie in YouTube. Just click and like and subscribe, and you'll see all the future podcasts and future guests. Vicky says she's so proud of you, and I'm proud of you too, Jeff. Thank you very much. And we only been friends a little while, but I'm proud of you. Man. Thank God. you. You ever want to vent? You ever want to talk about anything? Yeah. You know, if uh, the wife's out playing bingo or doing something crazy, you know, give me a call. I will send me a message. I definitely would like to talk to you about anything and um, uh, keep writing. That's the most important thing. Right. I do. All right. Awesome. All right, Jeff, give me a call. And uh, I'm going to. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Yeah, true. Yeah. If you want to say anything, Jeff, you want to go ahead. Um, Other than that, we'll sign off. No, I just want to thank everybody for listening and. those that have read the books, I appreciate it. Um, that's the, the my music to my ears, you know, reading a review or somebody just saying thank you. Uh, you like officers, anybody in law enforcement, family members of law enforcement. You know, I've had so many different people come up to me and just say thank you for telling our story or for letting me understand my father. You know, mm-hmm. so those are those make every bit of writing that book uh, worthwhile. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to definitely be ordering them and and dishing them out to a few friends that are still working and, uh, and uh, just say, Hey, thank you. And this is a cop to a cop, you know? Right. All right. My friend, God bless. bless. Yep. Stay healthy. And, uh, and like I said, you need anything, don't hesitate. All right. I will. All right. Take Thank care. You. A great guest. All right. Bye. All right, everyone. That was Jeff Shaw. Amazing, amazing man. This is uh this is actually what I anticipated. I anticipated a great, great man coming on board, sitting there, um, ready to talk shop, ready to to chop it up and 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 he did that and you know there is always something there's something else that he and and that's why i'm going to leave it open i want jeff to come on again and tell some more stories um especially when he gets his other books going i definitely will pay attention and i will send him an invite thanks to the the great comments from paulette vicky i really really appreciate it um, it, it's definitely good to have that interaction, that feedback, and you guys are great. You know, let's see. Um, please, you know, share, share, share. Jeff's your friend, Jeff's your family member. Share, share the podcast and have some other people, your friends and family, interact in it. You never know. He may inspire someone else. All right. I'm going to end with my favorite song from Lionel Peter Walker. And uh, stay tuned to the Really Charlie podcast every Wednesday, 7 p.m. Eastern Time here on Anchor, Spotify, 
YouTube, LinkedIn, and Fireside. And if you want to get a guest, if you want to be a guest or have me invite someone to this podcast, just send me an email or message on social media. My email is really charliepodcast at gmail.com. Please, please continue to support me. All right. And well, there's one more comment. Let me make sure I can answer it. Um, love you. Love you, Rhonda. Appreciate you. God bless. All right. All right, everyone. Have a great evening. God bless you. And tell your family and friends you love them. Tomorrow isn't guaranteed. No, it isn't. All right. There we go. It's the really Charlie podcast. Yeah, it's the really Charlie podcast. Yo, yo, it's the really Charlie podcast. Bump into your broadcast. Grab a chance, fill your glass. Yeah, it's the really Charlie podcast. Yo, it's the really Charlie podcast. Yeah, yeah, it's the really Charlie podcast. Bump into your broadcast. Grab a chance, fill your glass. Really Charlie Podcast. Making memories last. Your time, my time, we all shine on the Really Charlie Podcast. <laughs>